Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this mini-sode episode of Blue Murder Club. Hello. Hello, I'm your host Carol and I'm joined today by my very good friend and fellow host. Lauren. Hey Lars. Hey, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. I'm very pleased to be participating in this mini-sode oh. about D.B. Cooper. Kaz, I was so desperate to do this episode. I love a bit of D.B. Cooper. I'd never heard of him until you mentioned him. Oh was, really? Yeah, you mentioned him and I was just like... What are you talking about? This sounds incredible. How on earth have I never heard about this story before? Uh, it's amazing. And once I get into it, you'll see like he's in a lot of po- like popular TV and stuff like that. It's mm. just untrue. Yeah. Untrue. Yeah. He's one of them cases, isn't it? Because it's unsolved. Yeah. It just yeah. sticks, doesn't it? It sticks around. Listen, we'll solve people. it. It'll be fine. Oh, we solve everything. We do. <laughs> We're the case crackers. We are. <laughs> just... <laughs> so yeah, we're going back uh, to well, we're in, over in America, aren't we? United States, mm-hmm. and we're in the nineteen seventies. Our favourite seems to be our favourite period. It does. We just stick to the seventies <laughs> like glue, don't we? So many crimes in the seventies. Oh, I know. The States. I know. But I think as stuff progresses, they get away with less and less as the time goes on. Maybe. Yeah, I think the methods <coughs> of capturing people earlier on it are so much more sophisticated yeah. nowadays that people don't get away with what they would have got away with back then, do they? No, definitely so, not. Um, yeah, so that's why we hop back to the <laughs> all the time. It's like a gold miner. What the, else have we got? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is definitely. So um so yeah we split this up didn't we you're going to do you're going to talk about the um the early part aren't you yeah. so yeah off you go let's go what did you discover so db cooper also known as dan cooper he's inspired many many storylines in lots of tv shows including prison break 30 rock breaking bad and loki he's an an identified man who hijacked a boeing 727 a Northwest Orient Airlines flight 305 in 1971. So we're at the beginning of the 70s. I know. The plane was travelling from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington. The man used an alias as Dan Cooper. The day before Thanksgiving, on November uh, November 24th, 1971, a generic-looking man bought a ticket for $20.00. He's described as mid-40s, roughly six feet tall, and he was wearing a business suit, trench coat and loafers. 
He has olive skin, brown eyes, black hair parted on the left. So, from this, I can gather, I think he's got bell bottoms. You know, the suits with the boot cut bottoms. Do you know what I mean? Almost flares, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Really sharp parting on the left. (laughs) A bit Charles Sobrage, I'm thinking. You know, the pictures of him. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Like maybe, um, like the big... Oh, what are they called? You know the collars, like the big yes, collars. Yes, the big yeah, yeah, lapels. Lapels, yeah. Yeah, that's what in my head. That's what he's got a like fancy shirt on. Yeah, and he's a man about business. <laughs> a man about business. <laughs> <laughs> so he boards this plane and was seated along the aisle. He lit a cigarette and ordered a bourbon and soda. So he's getting ready for the flight. I think shortly after they take off, he hands a note to a flight attendant, Florence. Can you pronounce her surname? Schaeffler. Schaeffler, who was 23 years old. And in this note, it claimed he had a bomb in his briefcase and he wanted her to sit next to him. And when she did, he opened up the case to show wires, red sticks and a battery. Christ. How scary is that? It's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. I'd be paralysed with fear, I think. I'd be shitting a brick. I think the cabin crew do have training in those situations, but still, I mean, you're 23 years old, wouldn't you just panic? Yeah, and in the 70s, I don't think it was that a regular yeah. occurrence. Like, obviously, after 9 11. Yeah, you, that's true. There was you know? more, but hats off to her. I don't think she panicked. No. The, um, no one was none the wiser. No. So, Mr. D.B. Cooper puts in his demands of four parachutes cleverly to assume he was going to take hostages. So, the FBI wouldn't fault the parachutes. So he pretends to say that he's going to take hostages, mm. four host- or three hostages plus him. So if they faulted any one of them, mm. their death would be on their hands if they oh, played see. about with the strings and that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I thought I, that was quite clever. I wondered why he asked for four parachutes. Yeah. I didn't find out why, but that does make sense. And he obviously made sure they wouldn't sabotage any of them yes, by precisely. saying that there were going to be three innocent people. Yeah. But which three innocent people would have the parachutes yeah so, yeah that's ensured that they wouldn't give him any sabotage yeah parachutes so i liked that i thought yeah. that's quite clever to think of so he asked for two hundred thousand dollars in twenty dollar bills worth around Ching. about yeah money money dollar dollar bill y'all that's <laughs> what i was thinking and that's worth about 1.2 million to in today's money so while waiting for the demands to be met the plane was circling around and the crew had to tell passengers there was a minor issue that forced the plane to burn fuel prolonging the flight that should have taken 30 minutes. However, it took three and a half hours. So okay. an extra three hours longer. Yeah. Now, if someone announces on this plane there's a minor fault, mm. you'd say, get the fucking plane down on that ground. <laughs> Why are you still flying? But they're trying to say, oh, no, we've got to burn the fuel for yeah. three hours. I wouldn't oh, give no. a fuck. Yeah. If it's, there's a minor fault... Get me back on that ground. <laughs> I don't blame you. No. So the flight landed in Seattle and D.B. Cooper then releases all 36 passengers after the authorities hand over the money. But the money, they've put serial marks on it. Mm-hmm. And um, so they can track if it's spent or yeah. where it's spent. So um, they give him the parachutes as well. And then he forced the crew to remain on board, which included two pilots, a flight attendant and a flight engineer. He had the plane refilled and then ordered the pilots to head towards Mexico City about 7.40pm and these are the instructions he's given these pilots and the crew. Mm -hmm. 
The plane must fly under 10,000 foot at a speed slower than 20, no, 200 knots. So in between Seattle, Seattle and Reno, Nevada, about 8.13pm, D.B. Cooper jumps from the rear steps of the plane into a thunderstorm. So when the jet experienced a sudden upward movement at the tail section, they realised he must have jumped parachuting into the forests along with the state line between Washington and Oregon. Oregon? Mm-hmm. And his whereabouts are unknown until this day. Over to you, guys. <laughs> yeah, so as you said, by the time he jumped, it mm-hmm. was the evening. And because it's November, it was dark at this point. Uh, it was also quite foggy. Visibility was ridiculously poor. So um, the FBI, they had um, they had arranged for an aeroplane to follow that Boeing mm-hmm. aeroplane and also a helicopter to trace it, to trail it, yeah. just to keep an eye on it, see what was going on. Um, and at no point did anybody see him jump. Really? No, but that was must have been down to poor visibility. Mm. So that made it very difficult for them to pinpoint the area to search yeah. the next day. Um, they got there was a um, like a Boeing expert, and he said that uh, you could get successful parachute parachute jump in mm-hmm. those conditions um, because obviously he made those demands. Didn't need to make sure it was it was flying at quite a low altitude. Mm-hmm. It was flying quite slowly, so it would have been safe for him to have jumped. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the people on the plane felt the vibration mm-hmm. of him jumping, but it's again, it's kind of a bit more guesswork, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to the point where when the plane landed, the FBI all over the plane, they literally pulled it apart just to check that he wasn't still on the plane. Wow. And they checked the whole airport looking for him. There was no sign of him. So then they come to the conclusion that he definitely did jump. Wow. He left no clues behind whatsoever, apart from... Um, one of the parachutes he left behind, um, he'd sort of um, just sort of used it for the cords mm-hmm. because he used the parachute cords to tie the money to himself. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, he left <clears throat> a black clip-on tie and eight cigarette butts in his seat. All right. And that was it. He made a point of um, making the air hostess return his letter, his ransom letter, his demand letter, so they couldn't, you know, have his handwrit- a sample of his handwriting or any fingerprints. He left behind no fingerprints. Um, later on, they pinned down the two uh, cabin crew, Florence Schaeffler and Tina Macklow, and they give a really detailed description. They managed to produce a composite sketch mm-hmm. of um, D.B. Cooper, um, and that is the famous sketch that you see all the time. How you doing? <laughs> um, did you know how he got the name D.B. Cooper? No, go for it. Because as you pointed out, he bought his plane ticket in the name Dan Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in Reno airport, once the news story started to break, one of the journalists just wrote a typo. He was overhearing some people talking. Really? They, he said DB Cooper, he said Dan <laughs> Cooper, and he wrote it on his uh, news report, and oh, then it just Dan. stuck. <laughs> yeah, the name stuck. How's <laughs> yes, that? Funny, isn't it? I like that. DB Cooper, it's yeah. Dan Cooper. Quite funny. I like that. So they start searching the area. There's like a ten to fifteen mile radius of foothills mm-hmm. in the towns of Wood Hill and Ariel, Washington. They search by plane, like they do an aerial search over mm-hmm. the forest. They're looking for the sign of the parachute because uh, obviously you, oh, I think you can see a parachute quite easily. I suppose yeah. Yeah, if it gets tangled in the trees and stuff, there's no sign of it anywhere. Um, there was, it was a, I think it's of like a 14 mile 
um, 1.4 million acre. <laughs> all in all. Yeah, one point, yeah, it was a massive wow. space. Yeah. yeah. Because of the speed of the plane and they wasn't sure when he jumped and the weather conditions, etc. Um, it was very poor weather. The 26th of November, so this is uh, two days later, mm-hmm. 100 men comb a five-mile area searching for a parachute, searching for any any evidence of yeah. jumping. They can't find anything, but it is still really foggy. So I think my point is, obviously, it's November, it's going to be foggy, poor visibility. It's mm-hmm. not the best conditions to be searching. They also carry out door-to-door searches in the nearby towns and stuff, just asking if anyone's seen anything at the ordinary. Yeah. And they also search the nearby Lewis River, and nothing ever comes up. You're joking. It is literally like he jumped out of the plane and vanished. Vanished. (gasps) It's really strange. So here we are, 27th of November, um, a letter arrives at the Reno Gazette. And it's postmarked from Oakdale, California. Your favourite place. Cali. Always Cali. <laughs> Always. And guess what? It's written in the style of a poison pen letter. Oh, I love that. So cool, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'll send you one. Oh, yes, yeah. please. But a loved one, not a yeah. nasty one. <laughs> but yeah, just for our listeners, in case you're not sure what we're talking about, it's where you cut a letter out of a magazine and you stick it on and you make a letter formed out of make a sort of sentence or a word formed out of all these random letters from different yeah. publications. It looks it looks really creepy it does. and sinister, doesn't it? Yeah. It must take bloody ages. I know. And then the thing is, like obviously nowadays not so much, but not getting prints on it or any DNA. Yeah. Imagine like Yeah, yeah, they would have checked it with fingerprints. Yeah. Nothing, there was nothing on there, that's true. Yeah, that's attention to detail. Yeah. Um, so being, bearing in mind that's how he made the letter it's quite a short letter <laughs> it probably still took him a, like I don't know 10 hours or so to do <laughs> it just said attention thanks for the hospitality was it in a rut D.B. Cooper make of that what you will yeah, a few days. days later another letter from Portland Oregon which says am alive and well in hometown Portland Oregon a system that beat the system, D.B. Cooper. It's not clear how seriously these letters were taken by the FBI. Mm, listen, I'm loving this guy. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for him. I really am. That's a good thing. It's quite a safe case to like. Yeah. There's no victim, is there, really? No, unless it's the government or yeah. the bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. That obviously, a lot of money was stolen, but it was only stolen off the probably Federal Reserve yeah. or something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, Robin Hood. Like Robin Hood, mm-hmm. here we are. It's funny you should say that because that's coming up in the next oh. letters, funnily enough. So um, I think this was postmarked the um, the 11th of December and it arrived on the 13th of December. Mm-hmm. Four copies of the same handwritten letter arrived at the Seattle Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times and the New York Times. This letter, for some reason, was taken quite seriously by the FBI because they specifically asked for them not to be published. Oh, really? But obviously, the um, the newspapers were like, as if we're going to sell millions of copies and we're going to publish it. <laughs> they said, oh, it's too late, we already published it. <laughs> but as if they weren't going to publish it. Bye, Felicia. By now, literally, um, yeah. <laughs> but by now, D.B. Cooper is really famous and the public are clamouring for more. Mm-hmm. So this is what this letter says. It stated that he was no modern-day Robin Hood (laughs) and he had only had a short time to live but he hadn't hijacked the plane for a thrill. And then he said, I'm not a boasting man. I left no fingerprints. I wore a toupee. I wore putty makeup. Thus implying that the composite wasn't a very good composite. Oh, God. Um, I wonder what he looks like. 
this is the thing, isn't it? If he had a wig on and some makeup yeah. and maybe maybe he padded himself out or I don't know, put lifts in his shoes, yeah. make himself look taller. Like if you're a genetic-looking person, you can get away with pretty much anything, can't you? An unnoticeable person, like, yeah. no one's going to remember. So how do you make yourself... Blend in. Blend in. Yeah, that's the thing. Either he... Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Perhaps perhaps naturally he was bald, so he thought he'd wear a wig. So yeah, that's true. So looking for a bald man. That's true. Um, but other than that, I really don't know. I mean, Listen, I I'd do myself a moustache a lot, wouldn't I? I'd go to town on it. <laughs> yeah. Have that. Like your um, Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah, on me pride. <laughs> yeah. I had a glitter beard and a glitter tash, oh, yeah, didn't I? you did, didn't you? Yeah. That took ages to get off, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I was not having fun oh, with that. that glitter is really sticky. <laughs> it gets everywhere. <laughs> it does. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So they'd spent, uh, like the next four months, they spent thousands of man hours still searching oh. and they had nothing, no clues, no sign of him, disappeared, vanished into thin air. So around about March, April time, 1972. Um, so all I can imagine is that the weather's starting to get a bit better, mm -hmm. maybe longer evenings. It's it's better visibility to, to continue the search. Yeah. Agent Himmelsberg, who's in charge of the case, sent 200 soldiers for another scour. That's they scoured the whole area. These 200 soldiers, and they did another door-to-door -door checking if anyone noticed anything unusual over the winter. Again, nothing. They That's so many man hours nothing. and so much money. They didn't find one shred of evidence. That's madness. Nothing at all. Um, so for many years, the, the FBI, they kept the case open and they did keep 
checking and looking, mm-hmm. but not to the extent. First of all, it would have cost far too much money. But they kept it open. They kept a few ag- agents on the case, and they did keep looking. Obviously, they're constantly on the lookout for those serial numbers. Yeah, the money's being spent. Yeah, um, but nothing comes up at all. Wow. Uh, over the years, they had over 800 suspects, including a former US paratrooper and a future hijacker. Go on, tell me about it. Well, here we go to February 1980. So, February 1980, there's an eight-year-old boy called Brian Ingram, and he's at uh, Tre- Trinia Beach, Trinia Bar Beach in Columbia, Columbia River. Yeah. He and his um, dad... Um, I can't find his dad's name. Harold. Yeah, I thought it was Harold. Yeah, he, uh, so Brian and Harold, they're just uh, about to build a fire on the side mm-hmm. of the riverbank on the beach. When Brian goes, Dad, wait, don't set, fire to, don't set that alight. I've just seen a ton of money. So they scrape oh, away the top don't. layer of soil. Brian's just spotted like, I don't know, a dollar or something. Scraped it away <gasps> and there are thousands of dollars, literally just under the top surface of the soil. Oh, don't. So um, Harold goes to the phone and uh, calls the police and they get the feds in and lo and behold, they have found $5,800 worth of D.B. Cooper's money. Now, would you hand that in? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't, Kaz. I'm sorry. I'd like to say I would, but honestly, I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, I would not. I would just, you, you'd see it on the riverbank. Yep. Someone's obviously not just dropped £5,500. 5, no. That's clearly, I don't know. No. Misdemeaned. I don't know. There's there's some kind of misadventure. Definitely. And it's semi-buried. No one's going to know if you found it. No, exactly. No one's going to miss it. Yeah, so I think I think when you look at it that way and you think, could I get away with it? Yes, I could definitely get away with yeah. it. And it's not like a, a life-changing amount of money where if you spend, because we'd split it, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. we'd have just sort of three grand each. Laughing. No one's going to really go, oh, where did you get that extra Yeah. Luck? pair of shoes yeah i mean you could easily spend three grand no notice yeah 100 percent. yeah i think i mean what would you go up to before you would add it what's your what's your threshold there's none (laughs) there's none no if i find 5p on the floor i'm like oh no too loud sorry (laughs) i think i would go up to a point where i think i could like launder it oh i love it we'll get a car wash Oh, like Breaking, breaking bad. bad. That's what I was thinking. Let's say that you wash money. Let's do it that way. Honestly. So, um, unfortunately, I've never been in this position. No, I know. So, um, oh, excuse me. Now this... The mirror. Is it your shoes? Shoe on the... Me crocs, crocs on the mirror. On the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this money was discovered 40 miles south of the search zone. Oh. Because it's next to the river, mm-hmm. it was deducted that it's probably... W- was swept upstream yeah. on the river and it's just washed up on the riverbank over the last few months yeah. and that's it. So they're, they're brilliant. They're like, great, we've got a bit of fresh evidence. Let's uh, start up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, this that, that was um, <laughs> February 1980. 18th of May 1980, St. Helena erupted <laughs> and destroyed any more potential. Oh, for fuck's sake. They <laughs> so can't catch a break, can not they? Really. The, whole, uh, the whole potential search area was covered in volcanic ash. Did DP, DB, Cooper set the volcano off? Just say. <laughs> They're on me towel, quick, let's have a go. Are you saying he's Dr. Evil? That he like hollowed out an old volcano? Yeah, maybe. Put, yeah, why not? Maybe. <laughs> so that was it. That was it. The trail went stone cold after, oh. after that point. So, and then um, sort of come forward to the age of the internet mm-hmm. sleuths. 
And there's been a whole new like rejuvenation of the case. This is why I love it. Yeah. Oh. So it's a bit like that, sort of like that don't, don't fuck with cats thing. And yeah, that's that sort of amazing. Thing. You know where people that mm-hmm. are on the internet, like proper armchair detectives, they think, right, let's get on with this. So, yeah. And it's just breathed new life into this case. So that's why we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously there's a number of um, suspects that have come up. So how many... <laughs> How many suspects have you got today? <laughs> well, <laughs> what number can I know? I've got a few, but there's one comp- one that I love. Yeah. And I think is the one it is. There's one that is a bit obscure, has no really, really good nitty gritty bits. Mm. I think it was um, a man that was trans- transgender. Mm-hmm. He was born a man and then became a girl. I think his name was Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the sound of her, really liked the sound of her, yeah. but there was nothing really in it for me to chew at, but I've got one, mm-hmm. if you want to hear it. Yeah, How many well, you got? I, I wrote down three, but I don't think any of them did it, but I can read out like the main suspects that yeah. the FBI had, because they're... It's a bit like Jack the Ripper, really, when we was looking at that. Some of them you can look at and be like, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then you read on, you're like, oh, it can't have been. Yeah. Because they're too short. Or, yeah, no, that's right. I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so who did you think? Did you come up so, <clears throat> there's an insurance salesman, and um, they're quite often presumed to live a dull and ordinary life, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. a bit dairy, nothing about special about them, are they? Knocking on door to door. So, there was this guy who was an insurance salesman called Dane Webber. And his wife, Joe, And they married in 1978. And Joe, throughout their whole married life, never, ever suspected that her husband had a double life. Never. She was very happy. She said he was really lovely, compassionate. We had a lovely marriage. So things change a bit for her when a curious deathbed confession in 1995. So he's on his deathbed. And he reportedly said to her... I am Dan Cooper. Oh, my God. But it meant nothing to Jill because, again, no one knows Dan Cooper. They know D.P. Cooper. They don't know Dan Cooper. So, Do you think because he's at the end of his life, he's starting to ramble that, a little bit? Apparently, this was his final words. Yeah. So, oh. she, and she didn't understand what he meant. Didn't have a clue until she told a friend and they told her of the case of D.B. Cooper. Mm. But again, he said Dan Cooper, not D.B. Cooper, which yeah. not many people know because, as you said, quite rightly, yeah. the name got changed to D.B. Cooper straight away, it straight did. at that airport. Yeah. So, yeah, Joe Webber learned that the man she knew as Dane Webber had a lengthy criminal record and had a number of fake ID cards among no his personal way. papers. So when he's passed away, she's gone in and she started to look at all this paperwork he's got. The wallet in his car had a fake Florida's license in the name of John Carson Collins, the name he reportedly used when he served time in prison. So could you imagine that? You've met this like salesman, there's nothing special about him, but you're in love and to find out that this all happened before you'd met, it's crazy. And they were married for, I was just doing the maths, like 17 years. Mm -hmm. Wow, really? Dane also had an old knee injury, which he claimed was acquired when jumping out of a plane. Oh, get up here. No. Honestly. He sounds really good, actually. Doesn't he? Yeah. And a reoccurring nightmare where Joe said he talked in his split sleep about leaving fingerprints behind on a plane. Oh. 
So when he was asleep, he had this thing and he'd start talking about leaving fingerprints on. That's a bit strange, don't you think? But she didn't click on to that until obviously after No, he after died. he's died, yeah. when he said, I'm Dan Cooper. So the most damning evidence for this is based around Joe's recollection of a trip they took into the North West, like Pacific Northwest in 1979. So Dane was obviously familiar familiar with the area and he was taking her here, there and everywhere, showing off the place Mm -hmm. like he'd been there before, including a point near Lake Merwin, which is close to the wooded area Cooper, Cooper is said to have landed, which she recalls him saying a spot where it, pointing at a spot mm. and saying, Cooper walked out of the woods right there. How's Joe? Yeah. So Joe recalled this a strange incident where Dane returned from a walk covered in dirt as if he had been digging and later threw a bag full of trash into the river. Mm. And it's Joe's belief that Dane had dug up the money he had buried for safekeeping and the bills were rotting. Mm. So what he decided to do was throw it in the river where an eight-year-old boy, seven months later, found the trash that he had thrown away in the river. Oh, wow. So your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. How good's he? That does tie up, but it does also make me think that maybe he was an accomplice, though. When, yeah. he's, when he said this, where Cooper came out of the woods. Out of the woods, yeah. Could almost be like he's speaking he'd to meet him there yeah. or something and or, helping bury him. Oh, I like that one. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. But he's speaking as a third person, isn't he? He is, yeah. But then on his deathbed he said, I, I am, am Dan, Dan Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, so well, well, well. I, I like know, I love it. it. That is good. I did love that one. So I mentioned earlier on <clears throat> that there was included in the suspects a future hijacker. Yep. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So Richard McCoy, he um, he did an identical crime literally the year later. Um, he was caught. Um, he was a he was twenty nine year old former Green Beret. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also trained as a pilot, and in he was trained in demolitions. He had uh, trained. I think he trained in the Vietnam War. Um, he made a big mistake though when he jumped off the plane. He left his ransom demand note behind. Oh, really? Yeah, and following a police tip-off, or an FBI tip-off, mm-hmm. they requested a, a sample of his handwriting from his old army. 
barracks and um, they, when they provided it, they had a match, so they knew they had their man. Oh. And then, of course, when they've, they've got the warrant to search his house, they've found all, oh. they've found all the money. Wah, wah. <laughs> Listen, if he was D.B. Cooper, he would have known he had to take the ransom, though, right? Yeah, and I'm sure they would have found all the other money, wouldn't they? Yeah, his house yeah and true. Stuff. And 29 years old is, doesn't really fit the description, no. does it? He was too young. 40s, mid-40s. Yeah, he said 40s, yeah. didn't it? Um, so, yeah, he was sentenced to 44 years in prison. And he did escape after a few years, but he was killed on recapture. Oh, no. Yeah, right, so. Oh. Uh, there was Kenneth Christensen as well, who was a former paratrooper. Um, he he uh, he did fit the description. And mm-hmm. he also worked for Northwest Orient Airlines. Um, and he... Um, he, I think, I think he was in the frame for a little while, and in the end, they just let him go. And I was thinking as well, if he did work for the same air- aircraft, surely the cabin crew would have recognised him. Yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a vendetta against them, yeah, I'm guessing. Possibly, like, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, but he would have been recognised, as mm. you say. You know, people, you know your co-workers, yeah. don't you? But I think that if they were in the list of suspects, if there's somebody who who went out on. When was it the 24th of November 1971 and never come home again? <laughs> I think it's that person. Yeah. Based on um, the fact that the money was never spent, because if you're gonna if you're gonna go to all that trouble, yeah. why would you not spend any of the money? No, that's right. Uh, they like you say uh, the FBI had um, marked all the notes. They, they had all the serial numbers of them. As soon as a bunch of them turned up, they knew straight away they yeah. belonged to him. They were in the system. I just don't, I don't think he survived it. I think he's no. had a crash landing and he's just rotted away in a tree somewhere. You're breaking my heart, Kez. <laughs> Sorry. You're breaking my heart. I know it's a bit boring. No. <laughs> I know we all like to think of him getting like, skipping off in the darkness with his yeah. bag of cash. Yeah, That would be the ideal scenario. Yeah. You never know. He might have done. He might have been your fella. He, he, well, he like did. He been. skipped out of the woods to become an insurance, yeah, insurance salesman, <laughs> married Joe. Yeah. And lived till 1995. <laughs> The end. Goodbye. Yes. Mike, microphone drop. <laughs> so there we have it. I think that brings us to the end of the case of D.B. Cooper at the moment. Oh, yep. Yeah. Because obviously there's still like a ton of people still trying to dig out the truth, aren't they? Yeah. So you never know. Might do a follow-up when they find Fingers out Fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really, it would be great, but not holding our breath, are we? It's been a bloody long time. <laughs> Love you. So uh, we'd just like to thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And we'll say goodbye, signing off. My name's Carol, thanks for listening. And I'm Lauren, thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.